And we are back. This is Moving Forward with Young Voices on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. I'm Brian Hyde. I am joined now by Alex Mirisciano. And Alex, it's good to catch up with you. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Good to be back. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you as well. I want our audience to know, too, that to Alex is hard at work. You are right in the middle of some really tough schooling stuff, but you're taking a little time out here to, to come on the air and talk with us. So I appreciate you taking a brain from a break rather from those strenuous, uh, you know, academic activities to, to share a little bit of your hard won knowledge with our audience. Uh, yeah, so. Um, Today, uh, today I'm talking about um, a piece that I wrote for for National Review, uh, I believe last week, uh, about how Biden, Joe Biden's, uh, President-elect Biden's tax proposals would sort of negatively impact manufacturers relative to other industries. and this is something that I know a lot of people are watching very closely. I, I have a friend who does uh, financial advising, and particularly he's trying to help people get set up for retirement, uh, trying to, to move them towards tax-free retirement savings and whatnot. And one of the things he's cautioned is, hey, Biden's going to have a different approach on taxes than, than Trump has taken. Talk to me about what Biden gets wrong on taxes and on manufacturing. I mean, economically, we're still plugging along, but this has been a pretty tough year, hasn't it, for for both small and, and in some cases, uh, most large businesses? Yeah, this has been, a, has been a very tough year economically, and sort of looking forward to the recovery, I think there are some, some problems with Biden's approach on corporate taxes in particular. Now, Biden is a, a aesthetically, at least, he's very much a blue-collar Democrat, and, and he, he believes pretty strongly in strengthening american manufacturing at least that's a stated goal of his um but unfortunately uh the way he approaches certain parts of the corporate income tax would actually disadvantage manufacturing companies because um what he wants to do is create this minimum tax that there's a perception that a lot of companies are using deductions for investment to sort of avoid taxes this is the origin of a lot of those amazon isn't paying corporate income tax stories. And the reason for this is because they've made a lot of investments and deducted those costs. And that is actually how the corporate income tax is supposed to work. We are supposed to, it's supposed to be a tax on, on corporate profits um, that you subtract, you have your revenues and you subtract your costs, whether that's salaries or buying a factory or, uh, or paying for, for gas to transport and stuff, you know, and then you have your profits there. Um, but for some purposes, for, for some types of income calculations for accounting purposes, um, investments are spread out over time so that, you know, to, to, to try to match uh, costs to the associated revenues generated. Um, but you don't want to do that for tax uh, calculations because when you have to spread these big investment costs out, that means that the real value of the investment you were, uh, of the deduction is actually not the same as if you deducted it all uh, when the investment was made because of inflation and just sort of the time value of money. A dollar tomorrow is worth less than a dollar today. Um, that creates sort of a bias against people, uh, companies that invest a lot in sort of heavy industry um, like manufacturing. So this would be a disincentive then for these businesses to continue to uh, to grow or to, to risk, you know, in, investing more capital if they're going to get punished for it. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this in a very simplified way, but that's what it sounds like to me. 
Yeah, and and that would be the concern that especially industries that rely very heavily on these kinds of of big investments, like um, you know, think about U.S. Steel or Ford or General Motors, um, companies like that, maybe telecom uh, that rely on sort of these big, heavy, lumpy investments <laughs> in 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 real property, plant, and equipment um, that that would be harmed by this. Um, there's also another concern that sort of ties in with Biden's desire to, you know, we want to build a green, a new, a sort of new green economy. Right. And the the concern there is that this might also cause problems there because, well, if you want to upgrade the quality of American um, industry, if you want to make it more fuel efficient, you want to get these sort of older, dirtier plants out of line and replace them with newer, greener ones, well, you'd want more capital investment to accelerate the process. If you want people to replace their old factories, they want to replace their old equipment faster, then you'd want them to be able to deduct those costs immediately. Um, And there was this study from an economist at Princeton that found that this sort of minimum tax idea to try to stop sort of apparent sort of tax avoidance strategies um, would actually end up hurting not only manufacturers first, but energy companies because energy companies are very capital intensive. They have a lot of big, heavy investments, and you should be wanting the, the opposite of that. You should be wanting energy companies to upgrade their technology as fast as possible um, to, to move to more energy efficient uh, uh, technology. So I think that is an unfortunate, I'd like to think that, that Biden, because I don't think he's as big of an ideologue as a lot of other Democrats, I'd like to think that he would be able to, to come around and see the light on this position. Now, the the free marketer inside me is thinking, but Alex, why couldn't they just uh, why couldn't Biden or anybody else, for that matter, who really wants to, you know, see uh, this this economic recovery get going to 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 incentivize businesses to move full steam ahead, try to keep government out of the way as much as possible, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem like it seems like whether it's Republican or Democrat in the White House, there's always that uh, that desire to tinker to be involved, to look what we're going to do here policy-wise, tax-wise. I just wonder if, if uh, a more laissez-faire approach might not yield better results in terms of, you know, giving businesses that free reign to move ahead. Yeah, well, I think that in the context of taxes specifically, I think that the the expense, well, it's called expensing, which is allowing companies to deduct all their investments immediately, is actually the most truly neutral approach because it treats investment costs the same way it does all other costs, which are they deducted in the year they're made uh, or incurred. Um, actually, what the system what, 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 that we currently have, which has uh, a lot of different deduct- depreciation schedules for different assets, um, ultimately is actually less neutral and favors companies that have fewer big, heavy investment costs relative to companies that 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 do have a lot of those those kind of costs so uh really what we're pushing here is a more neutral system rather than a less neutral system it's just that unfortunately the way that we talk about the corporate income tax gets mixed up with the way we talk about the individual income tax and deduction seems like a special preference but in the context of a a tax on corporate profits um that's not really a good uh, formulation, even though that's what it sounds like. Okay. I want to ask a kind of loaded question, and and this may not be specific just to the Biden administration, but to previous administrations as well. Um, Is there any major industry that you can think of that at some level hasn't 
partnered with the government, whether it's in terms of regulatory efforts or whether it's in terms of, you know, tax favored status or whatever. Uh, can you think of any any of the really major corporate interests that, that don't have some kind of uh, relationship with the government? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I've, I've actually asked a couple of people the same question, and I don't think I've heard a particularly good answer from them either. Um, I think that one lesson, I guess, is that there's no – a lot of companies that there are, are the good guys in some policy fights are going to be the bad guys in other ones. And, um, you know, some company might be really good about trade but less good about – I don't know um, some kind of regulatory issue that they might be rent they might be rent seekers in 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 regulatory policy, but good honest free marketers in trade or or vice versa. Um, some companies might be good about taxes, but not good about tariffs. Uh, I mean, tariffs are taxes. Good about domestic taxes, but not good about um, trade issues. That is. Um, I, I don't think there's a general rule. I, I at some point would like to run the numbers to see you know what percentage of industry uh, of what percentage of the business here comes from governor government versus private sector and stuff like that that's something i would actually really love to research um but i don't really have an answer there okay look i appreciate you being honest enough you know to tell me i'm happy too that you're asking the same kind of question um one final question we got about a minute here before we have to wrap things up alex uh, what's your gut feeling as we move forward into 2021 are you feeling more optimistic cautiously optimistic maybe a little pessimistic where where does your stomach tell you we're headed I would say at this point I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, at least relative to a general baseline of pessimism. Um, I think that with the vaccine starting to roll out, and uh, I think that you know people have been stuck inside for so long, and, and I think both both sort of literally and metaphorically um, that I think the the recovery should hopefully be sort of a roaring roaring lion uh, of a recovery. Um, but uh, I mean, the way the way this year went, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the Yellowstone caldera blew up. But, you know, uh, <laughs> I've had that thought myself. So you're, you're not alone. <laughs> but overall, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic. All right. Alex Mirisiano, uh, he's a writer on economics for Young Voices and Young Voices contributor. Uh, this piece we're talking about today is published in National Review. And Alex, great to catch up with you. Uh, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and uh, look forward to talking you, to you in the coming new year. Thanks for having me, Brian. Merry Christmas.